Salute. Slancha. Cheers. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and events with your guide, master of mixology, and Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. So sit back and get ready to stir it up. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on 570 KBI. And welcome to Happy Hour. That's right, it's 11 o'clock on Saturday here at... 570 KBI. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, Commodore of Cocktails, master mixologist, and, uh, well, the bon vivant. We're celebrating Seattle on this Saturday, and we're celebrating life in a, in a way. Um, I had the privilege of joining the KBI Como family uh, recently, and um, obviously we can all look back in the past events of the week. It's tragic. It, uh, it reminds us that life is precious, and um, we should be celebrating life at every moment that we can because you never know and our sympathies and condolences to the injured and to the ones who are lost um you'll be in our prayers and thoughts forever because we won't forget you because we're here today in como studios and uh, that's just a reminder that um, i hope when you have that special wine when you have that something saving it what are you saving it for open up that spot special bottle and and celebrate life Please do that for me and for our friends. Um, so it's time to get happy because this is a celebration of life and all the good things of life. Wine, spirits, cocktails, fresh beer, great food, events, and education. And I'm a big fan of education because I want you to, to learn more and to celebrate Washington and the wine world and all the great things we've got. Today's show, I've got uh, Ben Smith, the founder and owner of Cadence Winery. He'll be our winery of the week. And then coming up, um, you know, they say necessity is the mother of all invention. And I've got Dimitri Palace here who needed a Bloody Mary recipe. And lo and behold, boom, he created Dimitri's Bloody Mary mix. And so we'll have him uh, on the show. And uh, also... Kaulani Robinson is with Visit Seattle, and she's going to help us uh, get excited for next week's Taste Washington. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 200 wineries, 60 restaurants, events and seminars, and heck, I'll be down there too. So uh, please check it out, uh, tastewashington.org. I'd like to thank some sponsors. Uh, Recently, I've had the pleasure of uh, having Walla Walla Wine Alliance come on board, and... um, For all you wine lovers, I want you to give a hurrah for Syrah with Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, this June 19th through the 21st. Savor expert panels, tastings, dining, and more. For tickets and more information, check wallawallawine.com slash celebrate, celebrate, that's it. Hey, meet me out there. I'll be out in Walla Walla in June. And also coming up, uh, like I said, Taste Washington this this weekend, um, one of my friends, David LeClaire, the master event promoter, has got a, a really fun event called Debuts and Discoveries. And that's Saturday, April 5th, out at uh, Magnuson Park at the Mountaineer Center. And this all benefits the University District Food Bank. You'll see wineries, breweries, distilleries, and food trucks, all brand new ones from the last two years. So get a chance to taste some new stuff. Um, check it out, udistrictfoodbank.org. And lastly, if we're putting our calendar out there, I want you to circle uh, May 3rd and 4th for last call, everybody. This is it. Uh, Woodenville Passport is having their last call, the last hurrah. Um, 
Lots of wineries pouring their favorite beverages. <laughs> well, they're probably pouring some beer, I'd imagine, some sparkling wine. Of course, the great Washington wine. Check it out, WoodenvilleWineCountry.com. But right now, um, I've had the pleasure of meeting a really smart guy and a very nice gentleman who has a lovely wife, uh, Ben Smith with Cadence Winery, welcome to Happy Hour. It's good to be here. Thank you, Christopher. So, Ben, I understand that you are an engineer, not the choo-choo train kind, uh, the Boeing kind. Tell us about that. Well, graduated from Ohio State back in 86, moved out here to work at Boeing as a mechanical engineer, ended up doing flight control work uh, for the most part, worked on 757-737 flight control systems, their safety and their analysis. Keep them flying. Keep them safe. So, do you know where that Malaysian flight is then? I do. <laughs> Not know where it is. People are safe, and I don't mean to joke. Um, this is serious stuff. But let's get serious about your winery. Tell us what inspired you. I understand there was a Boeing wine club, but Ohio State coming to Washington, how did you find the wine bug? I think you were a, a Genesee beer man or something. No, let's not go there. Uh, but yes, I when I moved out here, I was just struck by how much Seattle loves everything they eat, everything they drink. It is just, yeah, it people care. And it was not that way where I where I came oh, from. Oh yeah, and Midwest. So, yeah, so here here I was in this land of plenty. Started drinking the wines of Washington, loved them. Started making beer. I mean, there were more home. Brewed. Were you brewing back then? Oh, I brewed a lot. Did fifty or sixty batches back then in the day. Loved it. But a friend of mine who was a home winemaker said, "Hey, you love the wines of Washington. Why don't you come out to a vineyard, give it a try, make your own, see what happens." What was that first vineyard that you uh, pulled grapes from? Dick Boucher. Dick Boucher? Dick, wonderful Dick Boucher. I bet he had hair back then. <laughs> he did so indeed. So did I, for that matter. <laughs> so I made just this little five-gallon batch. It was a Bordeaux blend. Took best of show at three different competitions. I joined the Boeing Winemaking Club. Amazing organization. And then... You know, it kept going. Oh wow! And, and that's that's exactly how it starts. Hey, man, you 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 got to sell this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to make more to sell. Um, did you put that first initial batch in French oak, or was it a carboy? Or was it? It was this cute little five-gallon American oak barrel. Ah, and uh, yeah, so. just like Saint Michel back in the '60s. American oak, <laughs> about that size. Yeah, yeah. fun. Um, speaking with Ben Smith of Cadence Winery, if you want to check him out, uh, he's got a host of great red wines at cadencewinery.com. And um, you just you opened up a winery after a five-gallon five gallon first ferment. How long did it take you to get the, the designs on a winery? Oh, well, that first 100-pound batch morphed into 200, 400, 800 a ton and making wine from 17 different vineyards and just thoroughly smitten and bitten by this bug and my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife uh said you know where is this going and and after winning some of the boeing competitions and meeting some of the great retailers and distributors in this town and getting to, to know the vineyards through uh the procurement of grapes for the boeing club we sat down and wrote a business plan and 50 pages of excel spreadsheets and all this in 1997, uh, it looked not so bad. Then we uh, got engaged in 97 and started the winery in 98. Wow. What did you open on that engagement? Did you open some champagne? Did you open a bottle of your 19... For the engagement, I believe we had a Didier Dagano Silex uh, and and certainly Bubbles as well. Yeah. But Silex has been a part of our life for a while. Oh, yeah. That's great wine. And I can't wait to get that vendor over here. Aren't you a... 
<laughs> Do you have Celex, Didier Dagano? That's C and G. We'll talk to them soon. Um, so, your first red wine uh, was what vintage commercially? Commercially, 1998. 1998. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I see that you've poured, you brought two examples of your uh, other first wines. You've got a uh, uh, Seal de Cheval vineyard mm -hmm. and a Bel Canto Vineyard wine. So I'll tell you what, when we come back on this from this break, we're going to pour a little bit of that 1999 Ciel de Cheval and celebrate a, well, what is that, four, 15 years now? 15 year old 15 bottle. year bottle. Very fun. Um, coming up on the show, we've got Dimitri Palace with Dimitri's Bloody Mary mix, and he also has got a little margarita mix. And of course, we're going to talk and taste and tease you all about Taste Washington. Hey, if you want to ask us a question, send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. And if you want to find us online, it's that easy. Happyhourradio.net. We'll be right back. Looking for fresh marketing ideas? Find them with Christopher Chan and Happy Hour Radio. Just click happyhourradio.net and connect with him today. That's happyhourradio.net. And stay tuned for Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan, right here on 570 KBI. Time for another round. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio, Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, with Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. That's right. It's still happy hour here on 570 KBI. Thanks for joining in. We're here every Saturdays, 11 a.m. to noon. Hope you'll tell your friends because uh, we've got some fun people coming up right now. Uh, we're back to Ben Smith of Cadence Winery. Ben, so you started out, you mentioned you had 17 different vineyards at one time. Uh, while I was at Boeing and in the Boeing Winemaking Club, uh, I ended up being the head of procurement and brought on a couple of new vineyards for the for the group and worked with... Oh. Uh, with Paul Shampoo's Vineyard, with CL, with Clips and Spring Valley Vineyard. It was like being a kid in a candy store. It was wonderful. <laughs> it's just wonderful. And how many different varieties did you think you sourced at that time? How many were around in 97? I would say we still, we had Syrah, of course. and We had Syrah, but it, other than that, you know, Chard, Riesling, and the, you know, the Cab family, uh -huh. the Bordeaux family. It was it was fairly limited in in varietals, but but, I mean, we were sourcing 25 tons of grapes at that point. Wow, and they all come in at once? Oh, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks. And an airliner, the big drop, the big grape drop, <laughs> Boeing Field. Uh, just a whole bunch of U-Hauls going across the mountains. <laughs> so you said your first vintage was 97 commercially? 98 commercially. 98, okay. And that, what did you call that wine? Uh, two wines of that vintage. We did a Tapteal uh, Vineyard Designated Bordeaux Blend. And we did another Bordeaux blend from the Spring Valley Vineyard out in Walla Walla. Uh, okay, so Tapteal is on Red Mountain. That's Larry and Jane Pearson who uh, oversee that great vineyard. Yep. And uh, you said Ciel de Cheval is also a very famous vineyard. I think was it planted in 1981? Uh, 75? 75, even? yeah. It, it's old. Uh, it's yeah, old. Jim Holmes, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, good guy. So Ciel de Cheval is French for... Horse in the sky. Yep, horse heaven. You know, it's got a view of the horse heaven hills across the Yakima Valley, and that's uh. how Jim decided to name it. And this is the wine you poured for me? Mm-hmm, the 1999. So this is our first vintage of Ciel de Cheval. Wow, it's uh, it smells very Bordeaux-esque. It has some development. Uh, of course, this is you can just see that it is a, a moderate plus um, intensity, a, a, a brownish-red 
core, red ruby core, fading to a um, just a, a garnet rim, uh, a slight variation in the rim. And it, the first smell is uh, some desiccated fruit, dried berries, uh, some leather, and a hint of mushroom for me. And some perfume. Now it's getting more perfumey. Is there Cab Franc in here? Oh, there is. Quite a ah, dollop of Cab Franc in here. Yeah. That's Four, what's jumping 41%. out for me. Well, I'm going to take a sip. Tell me about the wine. Um, 99 was a cool vintage. I love cool vintages in this state. It preserves the freshness, which keeps the wine alive after 15 years. Uh, you know, all punch downs, no pump overs. It was aged in about 33% new French wood. The rest was used. Uh, very moderate winemaking. I don't want my thumbprint to show. I want the vineyard to show. That's what we're all about, our vineyards. Wow, this is great. This is this will stand up to any Bordeaux. I mean, I love the cool <laughs> year because the acidity is just right. It's got a long finish, and it's very well balanced. The fruit, soft but ripe. you got ripeness on there. That's what Red Mountain provides you. Uh, tannin management, very soft and subtle, very well integrated. Just a touch of the clove and spice on the finish. Very well balanced. This is delicious. Thank you, sir. And you know, I someone said I gush sometimes on the radio. <laughs> I got a great gig right here. It's easy to gush. This is an oil well, a gushing oil well of fun for me. So this is the 1999 Ciel de Chevelle from Cadence Winery. And what's the sapage here? It is 46% Cabernet Sauvignon, 41% Cabernet Franc, and 13% Merlot. Wow, this is great. I want. Are you in a tasting group? I am. A couple of them. Oh, you're going to invite me one of these times. All right. That'd be fun. Uh, I love tasting groups and because uh, I got way too much wine to, to sit and drink by myself. Um, this is fantastic. You also brought... Uh, so this is the 99. was the first year you produced a Ciel de Cheval. That wine. is correct. The other wine you brought is a 2006 Bel Canto. That's right. It's another that, first. Yeah. Where does that name come from? Bel Canto is Italian for beautiful singing or beautiful song. Um, with the last name of Smith, uh, we weren't really sure we wanted that on the label, so we, we chose names that were musically related and, and part of what we love about life. And you're, are you a musician? Used to be a violinist. A violinist. My wife, my wife plays piano. We used to sing. I play drums. There you go. Let's go. Hey, Wine Rocks is coming up in the summer. <laughs> we'll get something going on. Well, tell you what, why don't you go ahead and pour a little bit of the 2006 Bel Canto, and uh, this is sourced from your Caramia Vineyard, right, which is also on Red Mountain? That is right. We are 100% Red Mountain uh, winery at this point, though the winery itself is in South Park, Seattle, of course. So, yeah, we planted our own vineyard in 2004 and uh, released. This is the first vintage of it. Belcanto is a, another Cabernet Franc blend at 52 Cab Franc, 48% Merlot. 52% Cab Franc, 40% Merlot. So that's a right bank wine, right bank Absolutely. style wine. Yeah, so Absolutely. when we say right bank, everybody out there in happy hour radio land, we're talking about the right bank of Bordeaux. Um, and that would be Saint-Emilion and Pomerol and uh, everything else except for the Maytag. Um well, Let's smell this one. So you said 52% Cab Franc, 40% Merlot, and that's all from... Your Caramia Vineyard. Right. And how old are these vines when you harvested? This is third, third leaf fruit. So mm -hmm. this is very young vine fruit. But we did everything in our power to keep the intensity there of a, of a wine that's much older. That has a lot of body, a lot of complexity, um, but it's also so appealing. There's a freshness to this wine. The fruit is very fresh. And I want to use the word crisp, but that's rare that you say crisp with a red wine. But this has an elegance, a litheness. Um, Bring it on. I yeah. love those words. <laughs> this is great. I've, of course, it's great. This is happy hour. How could it not be great? I love happy hour. 
Uh, speaking with Ben Smith of Cadence Winery, if you want to check out all of his uh, wines, and how many do you make, Ben? We do five. You do five wines. You can find those at cadencewinery.com. You have a winery in South Seattle. Where, do you have a tasting room there? Do you have visiting hours? We're open by appointment. We have two open houses a year, so you go to our website, take a look, and come down and join us sometime. Yeah, and uh, so five, tell us which five, your new five releases now. Uh, we're talking 2011 or 2010, just tell us what they are. Ten, the tens are on current release. Uh, we do two reserves, the Belcanto and the Camerata from our own Caramia Vineyard. Then we do the, the vineyard level, Taptil Vineyard and Seal de Cheval Vineyard. And then a wine that's not vineyard designated, it's a blend of those three, and that's called Coda. And it's the, it's the value price point, it's it's the wine that's a blend of everything, and it's the we're on to the eleven vintage of Coda, and it's moving fast now. Oh, that's great! You know, it's uh, it's interesting. So, in, has your business model changed from when you started, when you wrote that fifty-page <laughs> symphony of a business plan? <laughs> you know, we've actually stuck to it. We are dedicated to Bordeaux blends. We are dedicated to Red Mountain and Vineyard Designates. We're still the only winery winery really doing that, and we we know what we like. We know what we're good at. We know what we want to focus on. I love hearing that, and that's the most important thing for a wine drinker and a wine lover to know. Hey, drink what you like, and you know what you like. That's important. When I'm a sommelier on the floor, <laughs> I want you to know what you like because I want to give it to you. Um, hey, are you at Taste Washington? I am. Hey, fantastic. So we'll get the chance to uh, meet Ben Smith in person next weekend, uh, March 29th and 30th at CenturyLink. Uh, tastewashington.org, uh, tastewashington.com. Um, they've got the tickets there, and that's a great event. Ben, did you have a good time on Happy Hour? It was wonderful. Oh, I'm it so excited. Happy. And uh, let's keep in touch. Let's keep track of your 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 wines because uh, I love the, how they've aged, and I look forward to getting an invitation to that tasting group that you've got. You got it, sir. Ben Smith, thanks so much. Thank you, Christopher. I'm excited to uh, sort of switch gears here, and um, I was a food and beverage professional for, well, I still am, I guess, for a long time, 30-plus years, and I was the cocktail commodore and master mixologist. I love making Bloody Marys. When I was at the Rainier Club, I created a 20-foot Bloody Mary bar. And that was the hit. You just build your own. We had everything you could ever imagine on there. And, um, you know, I have to say, one of the ingredients we always had was Dimitri's Bloody Mary Mix. And I want to welcome the founder, owner, creator, cook, and uh, bartender, Mr. Dimitri Palace. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me. So um, the story is, I kind of teased it. What year, where were you, how did this happen? Well, uh, originally I was uh, trained at and worked at uh, Chaco Shaughnessy's on Lower Queen Anne Hill here, and uh, uh, really enjoyed working there. Everything was really uh, organized. All the staff knew what each other was going to do, um, could really put out a high-quality product in a large volume really quickly. And uh, one of the things I took away from there was, um, you know, being able to put together a great Bloody Mary, of course, um, and went to another place, the New Orleans, where we were cranking out speed but for different reasons you know it was uh football <laughs> rushes and things like that and we were making a home batch i was making uh jar you know large kettles and things of the bloody mary mix but eventually one of two things would happen we'd either run out or it would spoil i'd make too much and uh, i said you know i'm gonna make up a base and uh, just take all our scratch ingredients the fresh horseradish and all those things and uh, if i'm not around you guys mix this stuff with the tomato juice so if we got hit with a football rush, uh, whatever happened, in fact, that's what happened one day. Um, I didn't make enough uh, Bloody Mary mix, and um, um, we got uh, stormed with uh, football fans three deep at the bar all screaming for drinks, and I went from selling, you know, $6, $7 Bloody Marys to $2 Budweiser's. So 
uh, wasn't good for the ring out, and they all left for the game, and uh, that was when I thought about the base, and we put it together, really just using it for convenience. Uh, the guys from J&M and Central and Docs and Merchants and everything eventually would swing by while everybody's at the game and um, requested I mix up a bottle of my stuff for them and started knocking on doors, and that was it. So uh, you Found yourself here on Happy yeah, Hour Radio. I love it. Uh, so... This is kind of a ubiquitous uh, product now on shelves and in bars. I've seen it everywhere. And lo and behold, you're a Seattle guy. I love that. That is so oh. cool. Um, there's a picture of somebody here. Who is this guy? That's my grandpa. That's grandpa? Yeah. Was he a... Uh, well, tell us, where's he from? <laughs> uh, he's from Methana. It's a, a part of Greece near the Peloponnese. Oh. Did he drink Bloody Marys? I don't think they drank too many Bloody Marys in the old country. <laughs> but this is an ode to him, uh, huh? Um, well, I wanted a family member on there. Um, I like the idea of having a photo on the label. Um uh, and sure enough, my family helped me tremendously through the early years in many different ways. Um, my family's close to me and uh, all those good reasons. And uh, uh, for some reason, I, I didn't feel comfortable putting my own photo on there. A uh, 25-year-old, uh, you know, <laughs> hair farmer. What does he you know? know from oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Rocking the mullet, baby. So, <laughs> uh, I said, you know, let's look through the box of photos and found uh, the old shoe box, pulled it out and uh, found that photo and I just thought that was it as soon as I saw it. So uh, it looks so appropriate too. And um, I'm pleased to have Dimitri Palace, uh, who is the owner, founder, and uh, creator, chef of Dimitri's Bloody Mary seasoning. You can find him at uh, all his products. He's got a lot of host of products for to make your bar to make you a supreme bartender at Dimitri's.com. That's D E M. I-T-R-I-S dot com. Dimitri's. And uh, when we come back after this break, I'm going to have Dimitri shake up some uh, Bloody Marys, some Bloody Marias, some, you know, Bloody Oives. I don't know. We'll do. We've got so much, so many toys here uh, on Happy Hour Radio. It's going to be fun. If you have any questions, remember, you can always send an email to ask at Happy Hour Radio. And looking ahead, uh, I'm going to be welcoming Kaulani Robinson with Visit Seattle Organization as we talk about the most incredible Washington wine event next to celebrate Syrah and Walla Walla Valley is Taste Washington next week at CenturyLink. I'll tell you more about it on Happy Hour Radio. Looking for fresh marketing ideas? Find them with Christopher Chan and Happy Hour Radio. Just click happyhourradio.net and connect with him today. That's happyhourradio.net. And stay tuned for Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan, right here on 570 KVI. The glass is always half full. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio with the Commodore of Cocktails, Christopher Chan. And welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm having a blast. Thanks to Ben Smith of CadenceWinery.com for coming on board, sharing his couple of his beautiful red wines. And right now, speaking of red, I've got a beautiful red Bloody Mary right in front of me, courtesy of Dimitri's Bloody Mary Seasoning. Dimitri Palace is here in studio. Um, I love this. This is really flavorful. I like it spicy hot. And trust me, I love spicy hot. And this is really kicking my beep. <laughs> <laughs> so which one did you pour me here? Uh, Chipotle habanero, all natural. Uh, the habanero actually uh, whole fruit habanero peppers that are pureed into the mix, so it's not a dried powder or anything. Nice, fresh flavor. Um, the chipotle fits the middle range there. Nice smoke. You could also get a little bit of that kind of jalapeno heat. Uh, also fits in the middle there, and then you get the other peppers that are in there and 
all natural ingredients, lemon juice and garlic and all that great stuff. Uh, this is a delicious Bloody Mary. And yes. I like the fact that you've got lemon juice in your mix. You've got uh, horseradish, pepper. You've got everything you need in this one little squeeze jar, squeeze bottle, uh, squeeze box maybe is what we call it <laughs> if you're a Who fan. Yeah, um, you have a host of flavors, a whole range of different styles. If you don't like yeah. it hot, you like it mild, very flavorful. Give us a lowdown on what, you, sure. uh, what your lineup is. Uh, the first one that came out was Classic Recipe, really, again, was uh, at the New Orleans Bar, fitting a lot of uh, flavor profiles. Uh, uh, had a little bit of spice to it, but really I wouldn't call it a spicy product. Just, uh, it was just all there. Flavor. Yep, you bet. And then uh, people said, this is great, but I like mine a little bit hotter, so we added the jalapenos and uh, did the uh, uh, chilies and peppers flavor. Chilies and peppers, okay. A little okay. extra flavor of the jalapeno with a little bit of heat. Um, and then the last thing I saw a lot of bartenders doing, uh, uh, one bartender went over the top over at the Mecca. Uh, the thing was actually pink with horseradish, but uh, I thought it was time that I put together an extra horseradish flavor. I also know Blowfish was adding a touch of wasabi when they'd shake them up, and they were using my stuff there to give it a, a personal style. And then personally, being a pepperhead, I actually uh, did the chilies and peppers on a lark. It was supposed to be a, 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 a marketing spoof uh, at a trade show. I wanted to have an activity in a trade show booth, and decided that we'd make a Bloody Mary that was too hot for most people's flavor ranges, have a habanero eating contest, all this stuff to create activity in the booth. turns out people actually liked it, so we uh, ran a print of labels on those, and uh, we're up to four flavors now. And I think we're going to cool it on the Bloody Mary flavors for now. We have the two new margaritas we're really proud of, all natural, uh, the 38 calories street, uh, sweetened with stevia. Uh, we got a nice promotion going now uh, with Altos Tequila doing about 10,000 units, and uh, uh, we're banging on all cylinders. Well, I can't wait to try uh, your margarita mix because I'm a natural guy. I like fresh lime and um, uh, f- sugar and tequila. Real simple. It's a, it's a touch of Cointreau or orange juice or uh, Grand Marnier or however you want to go. Yeah. But uh, you know, for me, sometimes those margarita mixes just taste too artificial, and it's like, what's well, a waste? Well, why are you buying them? Yeah. In fact, why are you selling it? And yeah. Actually, I, I have to be honest. I did taste yours, and I thought yours was, was the most fresh you could get from a, a uh, ready-to-pour product. Thanks. That was really important to us. Uh, that's after 25 years in business this is our 25th year in business. Uh, uh, this is a brand new product because uh, it was so difficult to do that, to try and get, you know, if I'm making a, a margarita at home, uh, a lot of times I'll just grab a bunch of limes and squash them in a glass. So I wanted that fresh, bitter, not sweet, uh, tart, natural yeah. lime flavor. Um, and uh, so we really worked on that, back the sugar out. Our traditional style uh, margarita mix only has 68 calories because uh, we just didn't want it to be so sweet. Um, the second one, uh, got it down to 38 calories, but there's still a little bit of sugar in there because it makes all the difference of the world at, uh, how it tastes. Yes, you got that mouthfeel. It's a huge difference in taste. And for 38 calories, to drink a drink that uh, tastes that good, uh, it's worth the 38 <laughs> calories. It's probably quadruple that in the tequila you're Make adding anyway. Make mine a double so. of 72, <laughs> yeah. and I'm still under 100. This is yeah. great. And uh, Altos Tequila, 100% agave, is uh, from our friends from the Paranormal Ricard family. Um, and also, I see we poured a little batch 206 vodka, my friend Jeff Steichen out yeah. there. Um, this is Dimitri's Bloody Mary seasoning and Dimitri's traditional margarita mix. He's also got a couple rim shots, and that's a uh, a salt uh, seasoning which you put on your uh 
cocktail glass. We've got a bacon rim shot. And we've got an all-perfect uh, rim shot, uh, traditional flavors. Very cool. You've got the whole setup for a perfect bartending experience, a perfect football brunch. I can't wait for football season, or I can't wait for Sunday, which is tomorrow. Dimitri Palace, thanks for being on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. That's Dimitri Palace with Dimitri's.com. Check out uh, everything you need in the world of bartending for Bloody Marys and Margaritas is available on his website. And um, speaking of spirits, uh, I've got uh, two cool cats in studio now. I've got Nicholas Palazzi and Andrew Bohr, who have um, come to Happy Hour Radio bringing new bottles of spirits and products. Uh, Nicholas, Andrew, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, how are you? Hey there, Chris. <laughs> I'm doing great because uh, Bloody Mary is really spicy and very flavorful. Got a long finish, and that's what I like. So, Nicholas, you're from France. You uh, grew up in Bordeaux, and then you decided to get into the spirits industry, the uh, eau de vie industry. I, I take it it's where it started? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I was, a, I was an engineer, a uh, chemical engineer before. I uh, worked in France, worked a little bit in the U.S. Didn't like it too much. Uh, decided to do, uh, you know, something that I could uh, really work long hours for and be really happy about it. And uh, booze was the uh, <laughs> the answer. <laughs> booze is the answer, everybody. You heard it here first. And Andrew, you work for a local distributor, and uh, your role here is one of the uh, the spirits masters, right? You kind of know a lot of a lot of products. Yeah, I uh, I seek out things from all over the world, bring them into Seattle to make as many possible mind breaking choices for people to have in here. And uh, Nicholas does some of the most uh, aggressively interesting. Self-reported geeky things that can be done. Self-reported geeky things. Well, he's a chemical engineer. He must be having fun with uh, with spirits and the chemistry of ethyl alcohol. Um, I see you've brought a bottle of uh, Pinot de Charente. And sorry for all those who don't speak French. Um, let's try to break down Pinot de Charente. If I were to think it's a it's a grape from Charente. Well, it's a, it's a sweet wine. See it as a as like a port made in cognac with cognac. It's basically uh, it's grape must. Uh, you grow those grapes in the cognac area of France. Um, you harvest those grapes, you crush them, and uh, you make a juice. And before the juice ferments, you add cognac to that um, to that juice. So you got something sweet that you put in a cask and you age it. So Pinot de Charente is uh, really think of you got uh, grape juice and you're adding a little cocktail. Mm -hmm. You like some spirits in this case. Cognac, cognac, yeah. yeah. So you make it, it's like a cocktail in a bottle. Um, yeah, pretty much, you know. <laughs> Without the ice. Um, so this is Nicholas Palazzi, and the brand of this particular Pinot de Charance is? Well, it's uh, that's what we do. We do no brands. So oh. this is, uh, that's that's a farmer. It's made by a farmer, if you will. So the name of the farmer is Jackie Navarre. It will never become a brand, but that's, uh, you know, it's just a small guy who works extremely well. Um, harvest by hand, does everything himself, uh, and and yeah, that's just a, one of those gems that you're going to find in France. Um, uh, people are making good stuff. So for those locavores, this may not be considered local, but it is truly a one farmer, a terroir-driven parcel of uh, grapes. And what grapes? They use a Uni Blanc Colombard um, for this particular... Well, so this is, uh, this is a red Pinot de Charente. So red Pinots, uh, red Pinot are made with red grapes. This is made with Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc. Uh, but if that was a white Pinot, it would most likely be made with Uni Blanc and Colombard. Interesting, and uh, I'm trying to remember my cognac rules. I guess you can you can bring in grapes for for Pinot de Charente, or those have to be grown in the cognac region. No, they they have to be everything has to be grown in the cognac region. Okay. Like you you have to the, the farmer has to grow everything and make everything himself um, to be able to sell a Pinot de Charente. You can't bring anything. 
And so, uh, Andrew, tell us when we might serve one of these and how we would serve it. Uh, you know, my favorite way to, to drink it is just as you are having it on, you know, just in a glass is, is really the best way. Um, summertime, I like to do a Pinot de Charenton tonic, grapefruit twist. It's about as simple as it can possibly be. It makes everybody happy. I uh, call it a playmate. Um, but it's a really beautiful product because when you open it, you first get this this freshness. You get this uh, beautiful acidity, and it really makes you feel like you're right there in the vineyard. Uh, as it oxidizes a little bit, it kind of gives way to these, you know, more rich kind of nutty and chocolatey notes. So it's really a... Uh, an evolution in every bottle. And that's where I find it right now. It has some of the uh, rich uh, dried fruit, apricot, um, nutty, and um, textural mouthfeel. It reminds me a little bit of Tawny Port, but the acidity is just moderate plus. It's very delicate uh, flavor profile here, a delicate body. And I can see how it can foil with a tonic. I can see this on a, on a summer day. You've got the sweetness and the complexity of the nuts and fruits, but uh, the quinine as a foil to give that sort of uh, sweet and dryness. Yeah, it puts a backbone on it. All you need is a linen shirt and you're ready to go. <laughs> linen shirt. Um, speaking with uh, Nicholas Palazzi and Andrew Bohr, who are two of my spirits friends. Uh, Nicholas is in from France. He stopped by Happy Hour Radio. We're talking about a single farm, a single vineyard, so to speak, uh, Pinot de Chirance, which is a, um, a special mistel, they call it, in out of Cognac. And where they take uh, grape juice and add some cognac, and it becomes a, an amazing uh, an aperitif and cocktail. And Nicholas, you brought a, another uh, bottle of spirits. What did you bring? Well, we uh, we sourced a, uh, a weird rum with friends of mine in uh, Spain. Their name is Equipo Navazos, and they're they're known for sourcing wacky cask of uh, sherries. And and we basically go. Uh, I tag along with them about three uh, three times a year, and we uh, source casks of um, cool stuff. And this this we found at the bodega. It's uh, it's a 15 years old rum that has been aged in Jerez in Spain uh, in Oloroso cask. It actually spent 10 years in Jerez in Oloroso cask, and prior to that, five years at the distillery. Uh, and that's that's pretty banging stuff. <laughs> this is really, I just put it, it's got some heat to it, but it's got a lot of texture and a lot of complexity with the Oloroso sherry. And uh, Nicholas was saying Jerez, which is the uh, Spanish word for the sherry. We call it sherry or Jerez or Jerez is how it's pronounced in Spain. Um, and so this is a uh, sugarcane rum or a molasses rum. It's, it's a molasses-based rum. It has been uh, it has been distilled uh, in uh, Dominican Republic. Um, I can't say where because there's a non-disclosure agreement between the uh, between the bodega and the, but it's not too it's not too hard to guess. And uh, anyway, it has been aged five years uh, in the Dominican Republic and then shipped to uh, Jerez and and and, and uh, you know aged there in that in the city of Jerez for ten years. Well, this years. is a very uh, unique product. Obviously, it it is, has massive amounts of complexity with the sherry cask. I like that it adds that subtle sweetness through from the Oloroso cask. Yeah. Um, it also gives it just a, a bit of um, burnt brown sugar on it, which you don't find with most rums. And the heat, although it's a hot on the attack, it dissipates rather quickly uh, and just leaves a very warm and um, flavorful finish. The The name of this particular product is what again? Or it's We call it Ron Navazos Palazzi because we were looking for a, uh, for a clever uh, brand name, couldn't find any, so we named it after us, which is Equipo Navazos and myself. 
Well, it's working. And uh, Andrew, we can find these around uh, the city of Seattle and Puget Sound, I hope? Yes, and in all of your finest independent wine and spirits retailers. And uh, <laughs> and that would be esquinwine.com? And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Capco in West Seattle, Nissaquah, and uh, Wine World and Spirits in Wallingford. Well, that's fantastic. That I'm, I'm pleased to know that these spirits are available around town because they're very interesting. And um, I understand you brought a couple other spirits, too, which we didn't get a chance to talk about. But quickly, you brought a William Pear, a, a Pear Brandy or something? Yeah, it's uh, it's one guy in France that was very geeky about what he does. His name is Laurent Cazotte. And uh, the guy is gonna he's gonna grow organic pears. He's gonna uh, he's gonna pick them when they're ripe, dries them, and one by one he will destem them. He will peel them, open them up in four, scoop out the seeds, crush, make a juice, a wine, distill it. So that's pre- that's pretty much the best Pear William that you uh, I've never tasted. And they call it Pear William, or yes, sir. Pear de William. It's 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 a Pear William de Vie. Well, we're going to talk about that uh, coming up in our next segment here on Happy Hour Radio. That's very interesting. Um, hey, remember if you have any questions, send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.com, and you can always check out the website for to visit past broadcasts and see our future guests on happyhourradio.net. Looking for fresh marketing ideas? Find them with Christopher Chan and Happy Hour Radio. Just click happyhourradio.net and connect with him today. That's happyhourradio.net. And stay tuned for Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan, right here on 570 KVI. Grab a stool. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio, with master mixologist Christopher Chan. And welcome back to Happy Hour Radio here on 570 KVI. I'm having the pleasure of speaking with uh, Nicholas Palazzi, who's brought, uh, well, he brought some bearing gifts from France. And uh, one of the products we were just discussing was a Pear William or a, um, a Pear Brandy, which is produced in what area of France? Uh, it's in southwest France. Southwest France. And Andrew, have you been able to uh, mix up so many cocktails, or is this more of a brandy you just sip on its own? I mean, uh, you know, putting it in cocktails is just kind of, you know, putting foie gras on top of steak. But, uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> like really that. it's really beautiful uh, just as is. I think those, the pear brandies are really some of the most expressive brandies because they seem to keep such a great uh, nose of freshness and a very true pear flavor. What kind of pears do they use? Do you know what the name of those? Or is it a variety of pear? You said they yeah, I mean, them? it's it, it's a pear William, so it's it's, it's it, that's that's the name of the variety. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, yeah. All right, I'll remember that for my MS exam. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I need more to study. And you also brought a fifty-year-old Spanish brandy. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what we do with my with my buddies, my Spanish brand, uh, buddies, the Equipo Navazos. So it's under the Navazos Palazzi brand, and that's uh, that's basically the oldest cask of uh, Spanish brandy we we found so far so it's a 50 plus single cask uh pure and filtered foolproof spanish brandy it's just like uh half balls of like heaven this is really cool so you've brought some amazing products here and uh i'm glad you left the uh chemical engineering business to provide these beautiful uh, examples of dis- distillation and um well real terroir driven farm driven products that um, no one else is captured here. I think you've got a real niche here. And this is uh, uh, the Pinot de Charance, the uh, 15-year-old uh, Dominican Republic rum. Mm-hmm. 
and the Pear William and the Spanish Brandy. 50 years old, huh? Yes, sir. It's older than me. Thank goodness. <laughs> a pleasure to have you, Nicholas Falassi and Andrew Bohr. Thanks, Thanks for coming on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks, Chris. Hey, it's my pleasure to introduce Kuilani Robinson from Visit Seattle. We're here to talk about one of my favorite events in all of Washington State and pretty much the West Coast, Taste Washington 2014. Kuilani, or Ui as it is, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, tell us a little history about Taste Washington. I remember going back uh, in the 90s and over at the Paramount. Yes, uh, now we're in our 17th year of Taste Washington, and once started as a one-day event, it's been expanded to a two-day event to really experience Seattle's wine and culinary offerings, or Washington State's culinary offerings. It was always a two-day event for me because you'd start with <laughs> one day and you have to recover the second day. So, <laughs> um, But really, uh, it was such a great opportunity to uh, to meet the burgeoning wine industry here in Seattle, and I think back in 1997, um, we had maybe 350 wineries back then. Yeah, now we have almost 800 or more. Yes, so. and how many wineries will be at Taste Washington this year? We're going to have a record number. About 228 wineries are registered to attend. Any, so, Any idea of how many wines they'll be pouring? I think there'll be over 800 bottles. 800 bottles of wine on the wall. Well, um, I understand you have a new event, and it, what's always great every year is that you refresh the event, you refresh Taste Washington, you make it fun, and you include some, some fantastic seminars for people to learn about wine featuring chefs and, and psalms. But tell us, you have a special event that starts this year. Tell us about that event. Yeah, so we, we're expanding this Taste Washington weekend into a longer experience. There's just so much to taste and, and do while you're here. So starting off, Taste Washington will be the Red and White Magnum Party at Chihuly Garden and Glass. Tickets are available at Chihuly's website, and it is a w wine event with 21 Magnum um, different winemakers and live entertainment, food in the beautiful glass house at Chihuly. So check it out. The Red and White Magnum Party. Yes. It's called the Red and White Magnum Party. It is. And tickets are available at Chihuly Glass? Website. Mm -hmm. Okay, chihulyglass.com. Uh, and that is Thursday? March 27th. March 27th. 7 to 10 p.m. Okay, that's that sounds fantastic. Hopefully it'll be a nice sunny night. We'll have the stars outside, and, and uh, that is a beautiful location. Although I've only walked by it. I haven't been inside Chihuly Glass Garden. Um, and the Magnum Party is really a chance to, to taste some some fantastic wines that are in the uh, the 1.5 liter bottles. So they're big bottles. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these are, are have believe etched labels and such. Um, but more importantly, uh, these wines age a long time. So hopefully, some of those winemakers will bring in some of the uh, library selections. They've all been 90 point plus wines as well. So it's really a select way to taste some fantastic wines that you may not have access to yeah, otherwise. So I only drink 90 point <laughs> wines. <laughs> All right, so that's the Red and White Magnum Party on Thursday. Then uh, what's happening Friday? Is that sort of a take a deep breath and get ready to, to party yeah, for two days? Yeah, Friday, you know, check out the website. Make your plan for Taste Washington because when you get there on Saturday or Sunday, you're going to want to know what you want to taste. I mean, there's just so much uh, out there. So take a look at who's who's pouring what, what, what are the chefs making, and... Um, you know, are you tasting whites? Are you tasting reds? Are you tasting a vineyard? Uh, you know. Great. So there's a, mm -hmm. there's so many f uh, avenues to walk down this this path, uh, in the vineyard, so to speak, uh, with the wineries, with the regions, and we're talking about Taste Washington 2014 with Kuilani or Ui from the Visit Seattle organization, which is our convention and tourist bureau uh, these days, which helps does a fantastic job of promoting Seattle across the country um, and internationally, and uh, that's why we've got all these great tourists taking pictures, and hopefully tasting lots of Washington wine. The event, Taste Washington, is held at CenturyLink 
Convention Center, correct? Century Lake Field Event Center on Saturday, March 29th and Sunday, March 30th. The grand tasting for VIP starts at 1 p.m. and the general tasting begins at 2 with seminars beginning at 11.30. So. Okay, so we've got seminars on Saturday and Sunday yes. starting at 11.30. Mm-hmm. VIP is at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. and general admission is at 2. And how long does it last? It goes until 5 p.m. So 5 p.m. And then you got to take your party to Pioneer Square, I bet, and probably get <laughs> try some beers. But I understand you have a beer sponsor this year. Yes, Stella Artois will be there serving their beer. So if wine's not your thing, you have options. <laughs> There's also five cideries from Washington State this year, so and an espresso cart. So there'll be something for everybody and a way to stay alert and, and, and hydrated. And, uh, of course, you know, it's tough for, for everyone to try so many wines and not end up swallowing. Um, <laughs> but... I always recommend getting the two-day pass because you've got some time. You've got plenty of, of – there's no rush. You can you can chart out your course day one and then day two, and then you can have a little bit of conversation. Um, tickets are available. What's the website again? TasteWashington.org. So tickets are available online and on site at the event. And tell me some of the uh, names of the seminars you'll be presenting. So some of the seminars I saw one was a Chef and Psalm Smackdown. and Yes, and the, a really popular one is Washington versus the World. Um, others include an Old Vines Tale, uh, North Star Blending Experience, and the last one, a winemaker, a brewer, and a distiller walk into a bar. So check it <laughs> and out And those online. are both days, right? Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Great, and those start at 1130. And the VIP ticket, what does that cost for one day and two days? The VIP ticket is... Uh, one forty-five for one day and one eighty-five. Yeah, for, for both two days. days. Yeah. Yes, and that's great because how many restaurants again do you have? There are over seventy restaurants, wow. um, and thirty-three of them are new this year. So a lot of new stuff to check out, including sixty-one new wineries. That's great. And so if you get the two-day pass, you know, treat yourself. This is really an annual event that you, demands your patience and time and, and thorough thoughtful discovery um, with all these great wineries. Uh, I was going to say, remember to spit. <laughs> it's good to spit. It's hip to spit because um, that's going to allow you to taste a lot more wines and uh, be bright and bushy-tailed, hopefully, uh, at that 5 o'clock bell. Um, what are some of the new wineries that are coming? I know that there's, you know, you said 800 wineries here in Washington State these days, but if you have a couple names of the new ones, I know there's a, there's some wineries that I have never heard of yet as uh, yeah. we enter the Seattle Wine well, Awards. Some of the new ones that are going to be at Taste Washington that you may have heard of are Alexandria Nicole Sellers, Figgins, uh, Sleight of Hands, Sincline Winery, Millbrandt. Um, among many new new up and coming okay. winemakers. Yeah, so it's really and where can someone get a uh, a program so we can chart out the course. All the information right now is on the website. Okay. We also have a Facebook page, Taste Washington, and Twitter handle. Um, but there, the program will be available on site. Well, what's the Twitter handle? Taste Washington. Uh, so at Taste Washington, that's Washington or Taste Wa. Taste Wa. I'm sorry. Ah, there we Taste go. Wa. At Taste Wa. So start your tweets, and you can uh, you know have a little uh, wild goose chase or a wild Twitter chase around the the Century Link finding wines and tweeting about the great wines. Um, some of the so really the VIP ticket for two days. I mean, you're getting a chance to taste 35 restaurants in one day, 35 restaurants on the second day, and then you said 400 wines on day one. For, wow, that's that's like 10 cents a taste. You're also going to get access to the this new VIP barrel tasting room uh, for VIPs, and you're going to get there before thousands of other people. So you really get to take your time and have conversations and, and explore the area. Yeah, I always recommend the VIP experience. Um, I think you know it's it just 
it's more relaxing and it's mm-hmm. uh, a little less people. Of course, there's a point where the place gets frenzied and energy and it's really fun. Um, I always like to go straight to the oysters, of course, yes. because start off with some Most crisp popular. white, yeah, and some fresh shucked oysters. Aqua's oyster bar, yeah. Thanks Can't to Taylor that. Shellfish mm-hmm. for for, ha- for providing those, and I always appreciate your sponsors because you know the El Gaucho family, Chad McKay, and, and uh, those guys really help bring uh, elegance and class to this event. Not that it's not classy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so get your tickets for Taste Washington 2014 at tastewashington.org. Um, and look for me. I'll be down there uh, that weekend, March 29th and 30th, at the CenturyLink Field Convention Center. Um, Kuilani, or Uwe, look for Uwe, and uh, get a, a VIP uh, sponsor bag. And anything else we got to mention? Just don't miss out. It's going to be, it's the nation's largest single region wine tasting event. So you got to be there. Yeah, Seattle's got so many great things going on. Come on and check out the new vintages, the new restaurants, the new wineries. And as always, um, you know, life is better with a designated driver. So plan your weekend accordingly. And I look forward to seeing you down at Taste Washington. More information is tastewashington.org. Uwe, thanks so much for being on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you so much. Hey, looking ahead to next week, I've got a great show planned. Uh, I've got. Betsy and Dale Shero of Seattle Caviar. We're going to talk about Ocetra and Beluga and understand why these little fish eggs are so fantastic. Also, I'm going to chat about Kenwood Vineyards, my friend Michael Ginder. And, uh, hey, I want to see you all at Taste Washington next week, and Kulani will be there. Um, Also, next week, uh, Saturday, April 5th, I should say, uh, debuts and discoveries, wineries, breweries, distilleries, udistrictfoodbank.org for tickets, and uh, plan your... Plan your day. Your last call for Passport to Woodenville, May 3rd and 4th. Tickets available at woodenvillewinecountry.com. Hey, I hope you enjoyed Happy Hour Radio today. I look forward to seeing you next week. And remember, life's always better with a designated driver. <laughs>